This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide, as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction, and in most cases... Fiction is reality. The Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talk Star Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, Exxon TV, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates and networks right across Canada. Right across. Right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean. South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, Africa, Europe, and I think I forgot India in there, didn't I? Yes, I did. If you'd like to give us a call toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxoned at com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our busy, 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 busy website at com. Don't forget, Exonation. if you've missed a show, you can always go to our podcast site. Podcasts are free, whether it's on our site or on Apple iTunes at www.xzonepodcast.com. Well, it's Friday here in the Exxon, and you know it's Friday when Saturday is tomorrow. You know it's Friday when everybody is lining up outside my office for their paychecks. You know it's Friday when you go to the local pub and fish and chips are the special of the day. And you know it's Friday when we have an author on the show whose book is entitled Stop Peeing on Your Shoes, um, Avoiding the Seven Mistakes That Screw Up Your Job Search. My guest this hour is a very interesting lady. Her name is Julie Bach, and uh, Julie is the author, as I said, of Stop Peeing on Your Shoes, Avoiding the Seven Mistakes That Screw Up Your Job Search. Uh, and everybody is moaning and growing about how terrible the job market is. Yes, the economy is still rocky and unemployment is high. But aren't you tired of all the endless complaining about it? Well, for a refreshing change of pace, we have asked 
career coach Julie Bach to join us here today. And uh, Julie's going to share with us the funniest job hunting disaster stories ever. Joining me now from Cincinnati, Ohio, the home of WKRP and the only city where radio hosts have tried to throw turkeys out of a helicopter because they thought they flew. And of course, Les Nesbin is Julie Bach. And Julie, welcome to the X Zone. That might be the most creative introduction I've ever gotten. <laughs> well, you know what? We believe here in the X Zone that we're here for a good time, not for a long time. So, the the object of this entire show, and it has been for 20 years, is to help one person each and every broadcast. In order okay, to do that... I'm up for it. Let's do it. Yeah. So, let's see. Where did you ever come up with the title of your book, Stop Peeing on Your Shoes, Avoiding the Seven Mistakes That Screw Up Your Jobs, uh, your jobs uh, Search? Well, first of all, I wanted an attention getter, and it certainly is that. But mostly it comes from working for 12 years as a career coach and seeing people make mistakes over and over and over again. And the problem with making mistakes in your job search is we typically make them early. We make them early, we make them often. We get the word that our services are no longer required, we're handed the empty cardboard box, and then we get on the phone and start calling everyone we know well before we're prepared to talk to anyone. And we are making mistakes one after the other with people who could be our most valuable networking contacts mm. moving forward. Julie, you and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exo Nation, Julie Bach is our very special guest. www.congruitycareer.com. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Julie and I return on the other side of this two-minute break. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. Exxon uh, Nation, Julie Bach is our special guest. She is the author of Stop Peeing on Your Shoes, Avoiding the Seven Mistakes That Screw Up Your Job Search. 
And her website is www.congruitycareer.com. And um, first of all, Julie, thanks very much for being with us. It's uh, It's great having you with us. And I was wondering if you could share with us some of the funniest job hunting disaster stories that you've come across. Sure. You know, first of all, I want to start by saying that the, the reason that people make mistakes is because of generally over-eagerness mm-hmm. and just a lack of not knowing what is appropriate. And so what I've seen is that the mistakes that we're going to talk about and things that are made are made by really smart people, people who are generally very good at what they do professionally and are you know, generally well-regarded, but they've been thrown into a situation where they don't know what to do. And so that's where, as we say, the hilarity ensues. And not, in a lot of cases, not, um, you know, not, uh, you know, we can look back and laugh on it, but, but generally it's from not knowing. So anything from, I mean, I will tell you that with the title of my book, Stop Peeing on Your Shoes, when that started to get out there, mm-hmm. I actually got a call from a recruiter in a major city who said, you're not going to believe this. She said, we just had someone in here today we were interviewing. She actually peed on her chair. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I said, you've got to be kidding. Um, that is not funny. You know, it's, it's sad but funny at the same time. And the, she said, the poor young lady was so nervous about interviewing that she just she, she was just distraught and nervous with interviewing, and she actually peed on their chair. So, you know, it is, it's, it's an extremely difficult time, and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of anxiety tied up in search. And so just with that one little, little snippet, you can see that people are not themselves a lot of times when they job search, and, they're, and they're, the actions they take override all of their common sense, all the common sense that they would normally have in a similar situation. Well, uh, when people are on a job search, they're under a lot of pressure. They have their families to look after. They've got bills that have to be paid. They, you know, God only knows how long they've been out of a job. So I can understand the the massive pressure that these people are under. As as a career counselor or a career expert, how do you how do you train people or consult people on how to apply for a job so that this pressure is alleviated from them and the interviewer can really get to know the great person that is sitting in front of them? that any good job search starts with is a plan. And part of that plan is your is a very firm grounding in who you are and what you have to offer. And once you, and this is unfortunately what a lot of people skip. They don't want to do it. They want mm-hmm. to go straight to action because in their minds, because they haven't been taught otherwise, productivity equals action. And so unfortunately, it's the wrong productivity. So what we do is, what a really good job search starts with, and what we do with our clients is we bring them back and say, okay, let's get, but before we start with any, before we do anything, before you talk to one other person outside of me and your four walls, mm-hmm. let's get very clear on who you are and what you have to offer, and let's get firm and anchored in what your value is in the market. It is amazing when people start from that perspective, start from you know, really understanding who they are first, how it builds their confidence and their self-awareness for every conversation they have, not just an interview, but every networking meeting they have. So that, that's, that's one big way. What are some of the other tricks of the trade that you can share with us? Yeah. Um, once you're confident on that level, you really have to, and a lot of this, anything we are well-prepared for, we mm-hmm. normally do better in, whether yep. it's a presentation or an interview, still practice. Sit down with your most ardent critic, someone who you know will tell you when you're screwing up, 
and practice your answers to some of the most common questions that you know you're going to be asked. Things like, tell me about yourself. Things like, tell me about your strengths and weaknesses. Why should we hire you? Why did you leave your last job? Mm -hmm. Those in my book I call the interviewing kind of the gimme questions. You know you're going to be asked. I see so many people who spend their energy hoping that those aren't asked when they could be spending that energy practicing their answers. And so prepare for the things you can, but don't go overboard. There are so many books out there, like the 50,000 interview questions you must know, that people go in and they start trying to memorize you know, hundreds of question answers to hundreds of questions. That doesn't work because, you, first of all, you can't. Second of all, the minute you do, the interviewer is going to ask you that 50,000 and first question, and you just fall apart. So the preparation is about some basic questions, but it's also about getting very clear on telling your story. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times I hear that people, the interviewer is saying, well, I see here that you did blah, blah, blah. And the interviewer goes, oh, does it say that? And they, oh. they, they're trying to look at, yeah, they're trying to look across the, the table at the resume going, where does it say that? Uh, and you think, oh, my heavens, did someone write this resume for you? Did you not prepare or did you really, is it really untrue? It's like shooting yourself in the so, foot. We could be on here for the entire four hours of your show talking about the mistakes that people make that are really, really very easy, very common. Um, things like, and this is especially true of the younger generation, technology etiquette. Oh. Hey, leave the cell phone in the car. Oh, yes, Don't please. Don't on vibrate. Uh, I will tell you, you know, here's the story of an MBA student who should have known better. Mid to late 20s, had a great internship during the summer. Mm-hmm. Was really ready to rock and roll, get a job offer. You know, really, Things went really, really well. Well, he was invited out to lunch with his boss, the guy who supervised him all summer, and then the, the director of the firm. And they went out to lunch at a nice restaurant. Not only did he, sh- and they were going to, it was sort of a congratulatory lunch, mm-hmm. plus an offer. A job offer was to come at the end of the lunch. He showed up, A, dressed inappropriately, B, texted throughout the lunch. Oh. Yeah. And um, the company decided not to make an offer. They called the advisor at the MBA school and told her what happened. And she went to him and said, here's why you're not getting the offer. He was actually surprised to find out that you cannot text during an interview. And, you know, we think, you and I think, oh, that can't be. You have to make that up. No. I mean, it, it's, there's a lot of common sense that people just don't seem to be able to grasp. And a lot of it's common courtesy and etiquette and manners, but some of it is just stuff you just don't do in a job search. Whatever happened to good old common sense? It's gone. Why? What happened? Did did common sense leave when the texting world began? That's part of it. That certainly (sighs) is part of it. And I have a freshman in college son, and I Mm -hmm. tell him all the time, you can't, you can't, respond, behave, act as if you're talking to someone your age. You've got to realize that when you're interviewing, whether it's for admittance to a college or for an internship, Mm -hmm. you're interviewing with somebody who's probably close to my age, and so you have to ask yourself, what would my mom want me to do? You know, how would I behave with my mom or her friends and then behave accordingly? When you're around the world, you guys can text all you want, but we're not there yet. And so you really have to understand what's, what's the perspective from the other side of the desk. It's so important. Explanation. Julie Bach is my guest. We're talking about um, her book, and I, every time I I go to stay the title of her book, I, I start laughing inside because it is an attention grabber, and it certainly does get the message across. Stop peeing on your shoes, avoiding seven mistakes that screw up your job search. Um, her website is www.congruitycareer.com. 
Julie, you talk about drive your career. What does that mean? Well, I always say you can either drive or sit in the passenger seat and hope you end up someplace you like. I'm a driver. Um, good. Well, here's my two questions for you. Are you are you driving your career? Here's the two questions. Okay. The first one is, are you one step ahead of yourself? In other words, do you know what your next step is? Definitely. In where, wherever you are, and are you actively taking steps to get there? Not every day, because that's not possible. Yep. But are you actively connecting to resources and opportunities that get you closer? Definitely. And the sec- Good. And the second question is, you're in tr- you are driving your career mm-hmm. when you're not afraid of answering, you're not afraid of the question, what would you do if it all went away tomorrow? And by it, I mean where you are today. If they said to you on Monday, Rob, mm-hmm. it's been fun, but you know we're replacing you with someone younger, smarter, better looking. I know, that's rhetor- simply rhetorical. No, it's you know, not. You know, that, that actually did happen to me. Did it win? How long ago? Okay, I'll tell you, so I'll tell you a little story. Uh, going back to, let me see, 2000 and, 2001, just before I started Relmar with my wife. There, we, I was at a major market station in Ontario. I was the executive producer. And a new program director came in. And the new program director decided, well, if I go to the career colleges and hire all the graduates who are about 20-something, I could pay them about $20,000. It's a win-win situation for me. Forty of us were fired the same day. Within two weeks, I was back working. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I said, okay, thanks. The funny part was, is I was back working in the same company that let me go in a different role, but I was still doing the show. And all I did was, well, I had all my letters of reference. I had all the congratulations that I, that I had ever since being in radio. I amassed a portfolio. So fine. You don't want me here with my experience, my expertise. I know that I am a, a sought-after commodity. Yep. I just prepared for that day from day one. Yep, that's right. You have to be... The problem is you know, that people don't think that way. They would rather bury their heads and hope it doesn't happen. But you have to... If, if on Friday it all comes to an end, mm-hmm. on Monday, are you ready for 8 o'clock Monday morning? Or are you going to go in a tailspin and pee on your shoes? No, I'm going to be ready for Saturday morning. I'm not going to wait till Monday morning. Yep. I mean, that's that's smart. That's right. The number of people who actually can say that they would be as ready as you were, maybe you weren't even didn't even know you were ready until it happened. It's very, very small. And in this day and age, in this economy, mm-hmm. in this world we're living in, any anybody who thinks that they don't serve at the pleasure of the king whoever their employer happens to be, is really hiding under a rock and needs to come out from under it. I realized many, many, many years ago that no one is irreplaceable. You always have to be prepared for that day, going back to 2001, where I was basically told, hey, we're letting everybody go because we want the 20, uh, 20-year-old crowd who will do anything for $20,000 instead of paying you guys sixty dollars to $80,000 a year. Okay, Happens fine. In every industry. Exactly. Yeah. And with all these technical schools, trade schools, putting out... 
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. And welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. Our special guest this hour is Julie Buck. And uh, we're talking about Julie's book, Stop Peeing on Your Shoes, Avoid the Seven Mistakes That Screw Up Your Job Search. And her website is www.congruitycareer.com. Julie, what if someone really has no idea what kind of career they want to get into? For example, the career that they had has been erased by technology. They're 30, 40, 50 years old. How do you counsel them on changing their career paths? And is it that easy? It's not easy, but neither is being unemployed Mm -hmm. or being in a job or career you hate. So I always say you got to pick your unhappiness. Which one is it going to be? You know, it's... We all have transferable skills, transferable experiences, traits, interests, etc. What we're not good at is figuring out what those are and then how to apply those to something different that we're going to like. And it goes back to really, really that self-analysis. There's some really simple, a lot of people like to get into, oh, I'm going to do all these assessments Mm -hmm. and it's going to give me the answer. It's going to turn to page 10 of the results, and there it is. I'm going to be happy. And it just doesn't work that way. In a lot of cases, assessments tell us what we already know about ourselves. I believe we all have the capability to pull this out. So, for instance, when you, when you think about the best and worst job you've ever had, the best and worst day you've ever had, the best and worst place you've ever worked, mm-hmm. colleagues, boss, whatever, if you, if you start breaking it down by what made it all best and worst, you start to get a real feel for what makes you what makes you happy, what you're good at. Generally, career happiness is, is doing what we like or doing what we love plus doing what we're good at. So we have to be good at it and like it, at least like it. It has to be something someone will pay us to do, and it has to be something you know, working with people and in a place that we can at least tolerate. And that, that equation equals career happiness. Now, the trick is it's different for each of us. And it also changes. You don't get the answer. It's not like a math problem. You get the answer, and it's the answer for life. So you're trying to manage and figure out what's going to make you happy at work in your own personal changing landscape. So there's so all these moving pieces. And one of the best exercises anyone can go through 
is to step back and figure out what has worked well for them. Mm-hmm. What have they liked? What are the days when they come home and say, I have the best job in the world? What did I get to do today that made me say that? The other side of that coin is, what are the days when I say, it's the worst job I've ever had, and I just want to lay on the couch and pull the blanket over my head and never go back? And you have to, you have to sit back and almost be so analytical. Take a scalpel and dissect those days or those hours and figure out, was it that you got to work with certain types of people, you got to do certain types of things, you got to avoid certain other things? It's, it's a real simple, what do you want to do more of, less of, and never again? And I believe what you do is when you go through exercises like that, and that's what we walk people through, you come out with a profile of happiness. And then it's a matter of taking that and then getting out there and exploring through gathering information, connecting with resources, developing new resources, contacts, networks, et cetera, to figure out where somebody with that career happiness profile would be valued. And then... It's, and then you take and attach a job titles and, you know, wh- what do they call that in this industry or that industry? And, and how am I going to pull all this together in a way that I can get paid for it? It's a, it is a process, but it's a, it's a very gray process. It's not – I find that people who are wired like accountants and uh, mm-hmm. financial analysts and IT and engineering, you're more, you're more left-brain, black-and-white thinkers. They generally have a harder time with this because there is no A plus B equals C. It's A plus B equals C, then back to A, then out to G, and back to B. And it's just, it's, it's this really squishy process, which is why having a coach, in a lot of ways, it can be very valuable. How hard is it for someone who has spent 20, 30 years, let's say, on, a, on an assembly line somewhere? They find themselves out of a job. They feel that all they know is the job that they've been doing for the last 20, 30 years. Is there a lot of psychological work that has to be done on a person who has done this for 20, 30 years? They find themselves unemployed. Do they need time to grieve or do they have to get right back into the mix and, and get it done? If possible, I'm a big fan of, as I say, clearing out your mental attic. And you can also clear out the physical attic as well. You know, to really, until you get distance from what you've done, mm-hmm. it's really hard to see yourself doing something else. Um, Yes, if you've done one thing for 20 or 30 years, all of your value, what you've done is probably is you've aligned yourself with your employer instead of your skills. And so when we leave, all of a sudden we have, you know, we don't, we don't have that anymore. We don't have that alignment anymore. So we feel of less value. There's a story I tell in my book about somebody who was an, an attorney who was working at a firm, high pressure. And she said, I'm done. I'm done being a lawyer. I'm done. I hate this. I'm miserable. She started to do, you know, is her relationship started to suffer and she left. She was able to leave on her own and then went through this exploration process where she had to figure out what to do. And she started out by saying, I'm done with the law. Well, fast forward, you know, three to four months, she's an attorney, but at a children's hospital. So what, what was wrong was not the, was not the, was not the job, the profession itself. It was where she was practicing. And so we have to be able to separate those things out. And we get so overwrought because we aren't, first of all, our family and friends don't know how to support us. And we are feeling we're on that precarious place where we're feeling like we have no worth. And it's really hard to see our value and then position our value moving forward. And it's, it is one of the most difficult things I think we go through as human beings, you know, right out there next to you know, divorce or, yeah. or losing a spouse. 
In your opinion, Carol, what are the five top upcoming jobs that people who are contemplating career change today could look at for a very successful career in the future? Well, first of all, that starts with, I'll answer that question in a second, but let's say that a word of caution here is, um, let's say that nurses are going to be hotter than hot for Mm -hmm. the next five years. You wouldn't want me as your nurse regardless of how hot that job is. You know, remember from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Yes. Ratchet? Yeah, that would be me. And so it really has to be one of those things that's a fit for you. So with that said, it's a, it's a good question, but you have to really be honest about, you know, honest with yourself. Any of the types of, the types of jobs, anything that can't be outsourced, anything that requires one-on-one human contact, whether it's physical therapy, speech therapists, um, physician's assistants, or hot, anything in the healthcare field that can't be outsourced. If you're in healthcare billing, that can be outsourced. So anything where it re- definitely requires the one-on-one contact. Um, anything in the green field. Anything, um, you know, energy. Mm-hmm. Anything that anything in technology is going to be super, super hot because, as we know, technology is changing. You know, we wake up the next morning and we're already out of date. And there's a lot of people who need help in navigating technology, whether at home or at work. Engineers are starting, we're starting to see a great demand for engineers. So IT, engineering, sales, you know, frankly, sales is always, even in a recession, people want somebody, organizations want somebody with a proven track record of selling. And so if you are a good salesperson, you know, you've got to, you know, it's not been it's not been that hard of a sell even in a down recession, but it, but on top of all of that, you have to keep everyone has to stay on top in their field, not only what's hot and what's going on in your field, but also technology wise, how's technology being used in your field. That's one of the problems with a lot of job seekers today, is that people of a certain age and up are have gotten way behind on the technology curve, and they're coming across as not so up to date because of because of their lack of technology skills, which in a lot of cases, from a hiring manager's perspective, can equal lack of creative ideas and lack of having kept up to date in your field as well. So regardless of where you are, and those are some of the areas where we're seeing still seeing some growth, mm-hmm. you have to be even if you're in one of the hottest fields, you still have to be a leader in your field from a technology and best practices standpoint. The television is filled with commercials for career colleges uh, these days. I've never seen so many of these commercials in all my life. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference between a career college and an academic college when it comes to choosing your career? You know, a lot of the, from what I understand, um, a lot of the career colleges are for-profit colleges. And... You know, I may be speaking out of turn here because this is not something I'm super knowledgeable about. But whether you are in a for-profit college or a traditional university or environment, the most important thing to understand is that the people that work at those places are not there to do it for you. Career management and finding a job is not have it done for you proposition. So if you go to a career college, a for-profit, if you go to a traditional academic mm-hmm. university academic school buyer beware be very careful you, ha- you need to know why you're doing it 
and you need to have a plan to get there. If you say, oh, this looks good, the, the commercial said that massage therapy or um, probation officers are in high demand or office managers are in high demand, don't take that as fact. You have to do the research and understand who's hiring. And a lot of organizations will tell you, oh, 60%, 80% of our graduates have jobs before they graduate. And that's all, that's all dressing. It's frosting on the cupcake. And I also apply that same thought to a traditional university because they are measured by how many of their graduates have jobs when they graduate. And from where I sit, it's not about a job. It's about the right job. And nobody cares more about the right job than you do. And so you have to be going in. It's like people saying, you know what, I'm not going to get a job. I'm just going to go back and get an MBA. Mm-hmm. The question is always, well, why? What do you hope to do with that? Well, you know, I want to come out with the chance of getting a higher salary and I'll be more marketable. Okay, be really careful there because that's not necessarily true. You have to, again, look at the other side of the desk. Who's telling you that and why are they telling you that? And then how are you being too eager to believe something that may or may not, that may not be right for you? As a career counselor, career expert, have you ever had somebody sit in front of you that after listening to them for a, a period of time say, have you ever thought of becoming an entrepreneur? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's, yes. The, it, it, first of all, it's a mind shift. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that when I decided to go out on my own, at noon one day I said, I don't ever want to work for myself. And at 2 o'clock I said, I think I want to work for myself. So call it my Sybil moment, whatever you want to call it. But you know, a lot of it is we get in our mind what an entrepreneur is, and we decide we're not that. And what you'll see is in a lot of universities now, there's a major caught entrepreneurship. Now, when I was 18 or 19, 21, 22, I think if anybody our, my age back then would have said, I want to own my own business, people mm-hmm. would have said, who do you think you are? Yeah. It's a different world today. And you can do these things on your terms. If you look at what the Internet, what technology has done for entrepreneurial options, you know, an 18, 19-year-old can become wealthy with their own business. And we've seen this happen. We've seen it. We have. We have. Anybody can do it. And so, yeah, it's, it's just you have to surround yourself with the right people. You have to know what you don't know. And some people, frankly, are better wired for working for themselves. They don't do well inside of a corporate structure. But there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of sometimes self-imposed barriers and sometimes real barriers that keep people from taking that on. So, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's hardest to convince their spouse, though. So, you know, they may be sold on it, but mm. they don't have the support at home. And that's to be considered as well. Tell me, uh, speaking about the Internet, how important is social networking on the net when it comes to finding a new job or even finding support groups to help you find a job and, and to get that feeling of worthiness back? Now, you've got to use, you have to use it wisely. Think about it this way, the big three, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. In my opinion, you absolutely must be on LinkedIn, no doubt about it, no doubt about it at all. My son's a freshman in college, he'll be on it by the summer because it's sort of like the, the Facebook for careers, yeah. the Facebook for professionals. But people sometimes say, well, I put my personal stuff on Facebook and my professional stuff on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I still say be very careful what you're putting on Facebook because sometimes your friends or people who see you on Facebook might be your best connections to new jobs. And so you always want to be appropriate either place. But LinkedIn and Twitter, you know, I I use Twitter, uh, but I, I don't feel like I'm qualified to talk a lot about getting a new job using Twitter. But I think any place that you are, it's about building a presence. So on LinkedIn, 
you join groups where you can have conversations with people who have interests that you do, either professional interests or I'm a big dog lover, so I'm in a dog lovers group. Mm -hmm. Because when we have something in common with people, then we have something to talk about. Birds of a feather flock together. You bet. So right. if you have, uh, if you're in Pittsburgh, there's yep. a Pittsburgh group. If you're in Lynn Hamilton, there, you know, there could be a group for your community. Connect with like-minded people on some level and be a giver. There are people who use it as, what can people do for me? Yep. And that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make. It's about building mutually beneficial relationships, which is what which is what networking is. Julie, stand by. You and I have to take our final break. Exonation. Julie, Julie Bach is our special guest. The name of her book. It cracks me up every time I say it. Stop peeing on your shoes. Avoiding the seven mistakes that screw up your job search. Her website is www.congruitycareer.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Listening to the X Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, Julie Bach is our special guest. She is the author, and, and she's quite a she's quite a an interesting lady to speak to. I, I highly suggest that if you know anyone who is unemployed, or if you're anticipating on being unemployed, and you want to have the knowledge that it will take to get you back into the workforce as fast as you can get there, the name of her book is. Stop peeing on your shoes, avoiding the seven mistakes that screw up your job search. Her website is www.congruitycareer.com. Julie, great having you with us here in the X-Zone. What are your final thoughts and your final message to the members of the X-Zone Nation? You know, um, one of the most important things you can do for your own career happiness is to get very, very clear Mm -hmm. on 
who you are and what will make you happy, and then connect to others who can help you get there. The the uh, a wise person once said to me, waiting until you get laid off or fired to do your career planning is like waiting until you go bankrupt to do your financial planning. And that makes perfect sense. Yet we deny we don't do it because we weren't taught. So take take control of it. Take the opportunity to understand who you are. I mean, take to step out there and get very self-aware in terms of what you are and what you bring to the table. We're not comfortable talking about ourselves. We're not comfortable mm-hmm. saying, I rock at these three things. And that, I think, is one of the biggest things that holds us back. Once you understand who you are, what you have to offer, and you get practiced saying it, you'll be amazed, really, at what opportunities pop up in your path. So I guess we have to have start having self-confidence in ourselves. And you know what? I think this would be a great subject to teach in schools. We need to teach the kids this at an early age so that they can actually prepare, focus, and get ready for what oh. may ever happen in their futures. Gosh, it's so true. In fact, I have a, a colleague that she's an image consultant, and we've put together, we put together a program mm-hmm. for high school and college students. Fantastic. That, 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 that's like all I do, plus like etiquette and um, image and some of those sort of things. So do we have time to end with a funny story? Sure, we've got about a minute and a half. All right, perfect. It's in my book, but this actually happened. Job seeker. It was a group of job seekers meeting, and I was present. And mm-hmm. the person said, someone asked the person, have you had any, any luck getting a hold of Jane Doe at the XYZ company? And uh, the job seeker said, no, I've reached out to her twice. I called once, did a couple, I've done a couple emails. Mm-hmm. The person said, what are you going to do next? And she said, well, I looked up her address in the phone book, and I thought I'd stop by on my way home today. So this job seeker was actually going to stop by the HR manager's home to follow up on her application. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? What do you think? Mm, I think it's a pretty bad <laughs> idea. I'm saying restraining order. Yeah. What's going to happen next, you know? But it, here, we're so eager, we don't know what to do, that we, 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 act, we, we do things that are not in our best interest. Luckily, we were, we were able to stop her. Thank God. Julia, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. To you and yours, have a happy weekend. Continued success, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the Exxon. Thanks, Rob. Take care now. Exxon Nation, Julie Bach has been our guest of this hour, www.congruitycareer.com. She's the author of, are you ready for this? And I'm going to chuckle one more time. Stop peeing on your shoes. Avoiding the seven mistakes that screw up your job search. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past as we continue from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We'll be back. <laughs>